Gospel of Matthew. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone he was the Messiah. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen.
that's another sermon for another day. <laughs> but I, I'll, I'll be teaching the, the, the seventh graders Bible, and, and I've noticed how their brains just work in this wondrously uh, wild and woolly way that, that, that comes at you from all different directions. You never quite know what kind of question you're going to get or an answer if I ask the question as a teacher. You never know what you're going to get. I'll give you a great example. Um, just this week, I, I was telling the kids what they had in store for them and the, the, the wonders and excitements that come from learning the Bible. And I was saying, listen to all the stories that you already know. And they, they started shouting out things like Adam and Eve and, and, and Jonah and that whale and, um, and uh, Moses and uh, Moses and the ark. And, and uh, so, so we got some things to do. But they were, they were so into it. And then one of the kids said, said hey, didn't, um, what about, wasn't there some guy named Jacob and he did all that stuff? And I said, yes, exactly. And you're going to learn about Jacob and all the stuff he did. And then this kid raises his hand. Yes, Carlos. He says, he says isn't that the governor of Texas? And I went, <laughs> Where did, why did we run right out into this? And, and so there's, there's all these questions from all over the place, and I love it so much. And last year, um, as I was teaching the seventh graders the Exodus story, which you heard the foundation for today so beautifully, beautifully shared with us, um, I was sharing that story with them about Moses, and, and you know, some of them kind of know it, and some of them have really have heard it before, believe it or not, and, and some of them have seen the, the movie, uh, <laughs> and, and, and so they all have this feeling, right, about this, this story, and, this, and I get through kind of doing the introduction uh, to why this story matters to so many people, two billion people this story matters to, and um, and one of the kids just, oh, 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 bada bin, bada bin. <laughs> yes, Zane, Zane says. Um, so let me get this straight. <clears throat> Pharaoh didn't like the Hebrews, and he wanted to kill all the baby boys. Well, yeah, that's, that's kind of the size of it. And he wanted to throw them in the Nile. Well, yeah, that's kind of the size of it. Because that's bad. There's crocodiles in there. <laughs> You're exactly right. There's crocodiles in there. And then, then this is the answer that, that question that, that moved me. And he, he said, oh, 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 I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Yes, Zane. He said, so Moses' mom put him in the basket and followed the Pharaoh's order. Moses got off on a technicality. <laughs> wow. Well, I've been studying the Bible my entire life. Not once have I thought about that. And it's as true as can be. That, you know, and I just imagine Moses' mom going, all right, I'm, I'm technically putting him in the Bible. And I thought, oh, it's genius. So, so you see, their answers and their questions within their and the answers within their questions are powerful too. Gosh, I thought about all of that goodness um, from my life, and maybe you can think about some of the questions and answers that your teachers and your classes have taught you over the years. 
Jesus has his disciples, his students, right, who really probably aren't that much older than most of my high schoolers, and they're all on a field trip. They've all left Galilee. They've all left where they knew and, and, and kind of the, the upbringing that, they, that, that was part of who they are and their identities, and they've made their way 30 miles north to a place called Caesarea Philippi. And it says it right there in the gospel text. They're in this place called Caesarea Philippi. And they, um, they would have seen Caesarea Philippi as kind of this, this um, the big city in a way. It had this long history of being a place uh, where people gathered. And it's because it's actually the headwaters of the River Jordan. If you ever go there, it's in the Golan Heights, the northernmost part of Israel, and it's, it's, it's verdant. The, the, the waters come down out of the mountains, and, and they bubble up in these springs, they make these rivers, and it's just a beautiful spot. But it hasn't always been called Caesarea Philippi. In fact, if you go there now, it, it's, it's got a different name that's actually kind of a, a, a a mispronunciation of the original name, which was all about the god Pan. You remember the god Pan, the goat legs and the flute, right? Right. So Pan is the god of kind of the way I said it to the early service was all things extracurricular. Okay. And and Pan uh, just had this this enormous kind of following because of, of his ability to bless all things extracurricular. And so people would come to this place and there were great statues of Pan and there was this beautiful, it still is, a grotto. Just this beautiful, almost cavern that kind of goes back into a cliff. And there would have been water and springs and, 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 and we now know archeologically that there was this giant rock on a, with a statue of Pan. So, it was a place where people would go and kind of celebrate the extracurriculars. You, you catch my drift, right? And, and then when Herod the Great uh, got involved, he kind of gave the son, uh, gave the, the place to his son Philip. And after Herod the Great died, you get um, uh, Herod Philip who decides, you know what, we're going to rename this place in honor of the Romans. And we're going to call it Caesarea after Caesar and Philippi after myself. Because <laughs> we love to put our names on things, right? And, and so, so um, Herod Philip has, has kind of merged kind of the, the, the wildness of, of Pan's realm and the wildness of the Roman Empire into this one place, Caesarea Philippi. There would have been temples and, and, and statues and, and people everywhere, and it's beautiful and wild. And into this setting, Jesus has brought his students. This would have been like my teachers bringing me in middle school to the state capitol, right? Except there would have been more partying in the <laughs> So it's in that wild and wonderful place that Jesus is gathered with his disciples, his students, his, his soon-to-be apostles. And he asks them a question, like any good teacher. Who do people say that I am? So there he is with his students, and they answer diligently. Well, some say you're John the Baptist. 
some Elijah and some others, maybe one of those prophet type people, which would have made a lot of sense given the setting. And then Jesus uses a great teacher trick. He turns the tables on them a little bit and says, not who do they say that I am, but who do you say that I am? I like to imagine that it landed like some of the questions do when I'm teaching seventh graders where nobody says anything. <laughs> and I'm fairly certain they didn't understand the question. But there's always that one kid, right? That one kid that pipes up, and today that kid is Peter, who is often the kid who says, ooh, 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 Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> and he's not afraid to stick his foot in his mouth, but today he nails it. Jesus, you are the Messiah, the anointed one, the Christ, the son of the living God. To which his teacher replies, blessed are you, Peter, and on this rock I'll build this church. And I've often wondered, what rock was he pointing to? In a world where there are rocks everywhere, was he just giving Peter another nickname? Was he pointing at the conflict and controversy of both Pan's uh, realm and the Roman Empire? Or was he simply saying the statement itself, the answer has meaning? The Son of the living God, the Messiah, the one to teach us the way of love. If you were to walk into chapel right now at TMI Episcopal School and ask the kids, what does God really want us to do? Two things. My hope is every child in the building would answer you with a wholehearted, love God, love others. Jesus is teaching over and over again as the Messiah, as the Son of the living God, is that we are called to find love as the answer to all the questions. No matter what comes our way, be it the realm of Pan's empire or some government buildings, we are to answer the world with love. We are to stand on the firm rock of that foundation so that others may see and know the transforming ways that God is working in our lives over and over and over again. I think it's good for us to remember there will always be questions. And the answer should always include love. Love is the answer to the questions that we are asked. It's to the questions. It's the answer to the questions that we have in our hearts. It's the answer to all the world's issues. If we can be people who do our level best to follow Jesus into that world and way of love, then we will know the answer no matter what the question may be. Dear ones, beloved in Christ, please, please know that the questions you have are not only answered by love, they are the answer that others are looking for, too. Our job as faithful people, as people who are Christ's 
church in the world is to take that love and share it with everyone who has a question. I'm grateful that we get to be a part of that. I'm grateful that we have the teachers who remind us on a daily basis that love is the way and the answer we're looking for. Together, let's be people who show the world who loves them. Amen. Set us free, love is the 